Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today we're presenting an interview with Captain Richard Hajeki from Crazy Yankee Sport Fishing and Krenzer Marine. Captain Hajeki goes into solid detail on Cannon Downriggers. Unfortunately, due to time constraints, we had to cut short his presentation on Humminbird, but we will definitely have him on again to get into more detail with Humminbird. Let's check out the interview. Captain Richard Hajeki from Crazy Yankee Sport Fishing. Captain, how is everything going tonight? How are you? What's going on, guys? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing good. We're ready to go. Uh, we want to have you on tonight to uh, talk about a little boat setup and talk about uh, Cannon and Humminbird. And you're sitting in a boat right now. You're not in the water, but uh, sitting in a boat right now. Tell us about what you got going on. I wish I was in the water, but uh, no, I'm sitting here at the <laughs> marina, sitting in a brand new StarCraft 196 Fishmaster. Um, so what we're going to kind of go over uh, some of the stuff we do when we set boats up for customers. And um, I think I'm going to start off with some of the Canon products first um, and get those out of the way. And then I think we'll have questions and and people more interested in, in the um, the fish finder GPS um, end of it. It seems like there's a lot of people that uh, are a little bit confused on different types of sonars and whatnot, so we'll go over that. But we'll start off with uh, Canon's um, downrigger lineup. Probably the two most popular downriggers that I sell here at the marina is the Magnum 10 and the uh, Optimum downrigger. Um, the Magnum 10 really has been the workhorse for Canon over the, over the many, many years. Um, that downrigger goes down, it comes back up, it's got auto stop, um, but it's a pretty simple downrigger and um, it's priced It's priced in that $550, $600 range at most of the places you, you find online. So it's a reasonably priced downrigger and it does the basic function of a downrigger is uh, is basically to bring your lure down to wherever you want it and then retrieve it when it's, uh, when it's time for it to come up. The Optimum downrigger was released a few years ago and that took over for the the Digitrol 10 that we had for probably 10 years. Uh, the Optimum is just packed with features um, that I know a lot of people love. Um, some of the features I use a lot are going to be the uh, up and down. Um, you can change the speed. You've got five speeds up, five speeds down. So you can slow your, your baits on the way down. Um, or if you're pulling big weights, you can kind of uh, slow them up on the way up so that you're not um, drawing a lot of power, you're not stressing your downrigger out. Um, a lot of times we'll slow our baits down when we're running meat, so we're not pulling the meat or the hook into the meat and um, on the way down when it's going uh, very fast. They also have options in there where you can jig your, your downrigger ball. You can um, either hook it up to your hummingbird fish finder or get a transducer so you can bottom track. Um, you can also hook it into your fish hawk so that you have your probe data right in the back of the rigger. Um, so there's a lot of different functions and features that that downrigger does. And for the techie guy or the guy that likes um, the ability to do a lot of that stuff, the Canon Optimum is probably for that guy. Now, both the Magnum 10 and the Optimum come in the normal series, which is all black. And they've also have a tournament series with the tournament series. And it's funny, I had a customer today call. Um, he thought everything was decked out with stainless steel on that rigger. That rigger comes with a stainless steel boom and a stainless steel um, spool but the base is still 
the uh, plastic base that you find on all their downriggers. Um, so we've got two different downriggers and they both have two different flavors, if you want to call them that. Um, so some of the accessories and some of the ways we mount them here, I'm going to try and flip the camera. Hopefully we, uh, we don't get disconnected here, but I've got some downriggers here mounted on this, uh, on this StarCraft here. So you can see that StarCraft, it comes with a track already. Um, so we utilize this, this pedestal here that slides into the track. This is a Canon uh, accessory so that you can mount your downrigger into a track. Uh, we use that a lot on, on boats. Another accessory that we use on our Rabalos is called a, uh, a gimbal mount. And I'll lay this down here. What this does is it slides into a, that's probably not a good way to put it, but this slides into a gimbal mount rod holder. And uh, on, our, on our Rabalos, we'll mount the downrigger to the top of that. It slides in, and you can take the downrigger on and off. Uh, so you can use it for fishing and, and family uh, fun. But you're also uh, noticing in this screen here, we've got the downrigger mount dual axis rod holders on this downrigger. Um, so we've got those as a nice accessory. You also have the Canon rod holders here. These are the dual axis rod holders. And the reason they call them dual axis is they spin 360, and they also pivot. So if I... Just back up here you've got your up and your down and you also can spin it 360 degrees that way so those are two of the uh the rod holder options that we have over at canon some other accessories we utilize a lot is a uh this is a retro ease weight retract weight retriever um this helps bring your cannonball in when your downrigger is out perpendicular to your boat and you've got the boom extended this weight retriever actually mounts let me see if I can move this rod holder. If you look there, there's two holes right underneath the Canon logo. That mounts in there, uh, so it's a, a very easy install. On a lot of the boats where we're fastening these the, uh, these downriggers down to the uh, the, uh, the gunnel of the boat, we're utilizing these deck plates, which helps spread out some of the weight um, uh, from the downrigger when it's uh, when it's out extended on the boat. So those are some of the accessories we use a lot when we're mounting these downriggers on boats. And I'll just come over here real quick and we'll flip through some of the screens. Hopefully that's not too bright. Actually, I can probably turn the backlight down here. Yeah, that, that looks good. So we'll come back out of here. But this screen right here is probably the screen I have on, a, I would say 95 to 100% of the time. But it's giving you all your surface and your probe data from your fish hawk. And if you look at the number up here, this is coming off of the Humminbird Solix that I have there. We're out in the water, so it's bouncing all over the place, but that's going to show you the depth that you're over. So when you're in the back of the boat, um, having all this data right here is really nice. You know, in a lot of boats, people are standing in the way of the displays up at the helm. So if you're back here rigging, this downrigger gives you all the data you need uh, to make you efficient, um, maybe put extra fish in the boat and do a lot of things, but we'll flip through some of the display screens that you get with the Optimum. And you can see I'm cycling through here. So whatever one really um, fits you, uh, you can choose. Here is a basically a fish finder on your Canon downrigger utilizing the transducer from your Humminbird. So we're back to that screen. So there's, there's a bunch of screens you can use to uh, kind of tailor it to what you like. All right, let's flip this and hope. All right, so we're back here. Do we have any questions on uh, on the Canon products out there? 
Yeah, we've got uh, quite a few questions already. Uh, let's start with Derek Mule. And uh, Derek would like to know, what's the difference between the MAG-5 and the MAG-10 other than the extendable boom? Yeah, so I believe the MAG-5 is now discontinued. I don't think they sell the MAG-5. So there's just the MAG-10 and there's the, uh, the Optimum. But when they did have the MAG-5, or if you do find a MAG-5 out there, uh, typically that did not have an extendable boom and it did not come with a swivel base. All right. Uh, how about this one? It looks like uh, Steve Morris from YouTube. And Steve is asking, uh, what's the benefits of positive ion? You know, I don't really, uh, I really can't answer that question for you. I run uh, braid on all my downriggers, which brings me to another great point. So in these Canon Optimum downriggers, you can go in there and set what type of line you have on there and how much line you have on there. And what that does is it changes the algorithm in the downrigger to keep your line counter um, accurate. So on, on my downriggers, I run 150 pound braid and I do that for a few reasons. I like it because there is a lot less blowback in comparison to cable. And that's helpful for me when I've got customers on board and we get a green fish at the back of the boat. I don't have to worry about my gear being spread further back um, and making netting that fish harder. Um, another, another reason for the braid is to not have to worry about the positive ion. Now, um, there are some people who really believe in it, and they and they dial it in. Um, I'm just not the person that could probably answer that question for you the best. All right. Uh, here's one from Facebook and Chris Ingart. He says, uh, where does Canon make all of their products? Are they made in the U.S.? Yep. Canon products uh, are made in the U.S. over in Mankato, Minnesota. There's Should be right around the corner from you guys, isn't it? Another good, another good Minnesota company. Yeah. All right, Steve Connolly uh, on Facebook says, uh, what pound weights can the Canons handle and what is your preferred weight to run? Yeah, great question, Steve. Um, I will run weights anywhere from six pounds all the way up to 20 pounds. They, uh, are, they say not to run anything more than a 20-pound weight. Uh, a lot of times in the spring when I'm brown trout fishing and I'm fishing skinny water, I'll put six-pound weights on. What that helps me do is when I do have any boat action from waves or, or other boats that are going by, it gives my lures a little more action because the balls kind of swing down there in the water when the boat's rocking. Um, but when I get out there in May and I'm targeting kings and I can fish kings down over 200 feet, I'm going down with 20-pound weights, and they handle them absolutely fine. All right. Trevor, you want to grab one here? Are you able to mount the dual-mount access rod holders without using the track? Absolutely. You can just bolt them right down to your boat. On my boat, um, Canon does make a smaller deck plate. So we saw the larger deck plate that we mount downriggers with. Canon does make a smaller deck plate that that dual axis rod holder will mount right to. And um, so, yes, you do not need a track to mount those. Uh, you can mount them however you'd like. Here's another good one I see there. That this, uh, this is a real common one that we get uh, and we get in, involved in this too. That's uh, Jim Lemon down there on, uh, on Facebook. Um, and that is, uh, what about the power supply? So it's a good one for you guys being boat riggers. What, what do you guys do for your power supplies for your riggers? I like to run it right off the battery. That's going to be, you know, let's call it the cranking battery. So a battery that's constantly getting a charge while you're running. So when we're fishing, uh, with down riggers, we're typically moving, there's an engine running. So we've got a charge going back into there. So we typically run our, um, down riggers straight to the cranking battery. What we also do is we recommend uh, putting a 30 amp fuse or a 30 amp breaker. And be, even though there's a breaker on the downrigger, put it in line from in between the battery and your, um, let's call it the boat side of the wire harness. So you got a boat side and you've got the downrigger side. So put a 30 amp fuse or a 30 amp breaker in there. 
and um, go with if you if you open up the recommendation if you open up the uh, Canon um, manual it'll tell you what they recommend for uh, what gauge wire to run um, it, at least meet that or go a little better I know on my boat we've uh, we've kind of exceeded that and I have absolutely no issues um, with power or a lot of times when you sh when you starve these things these electronics for power now they do funny things um, and and they could possibly you know, break. So you want to make sure you give them plenty of power. All right. We're going to do one more on Canon. Then we're going to let you get into some Humminbird. Uh, and this one's from Rob Ferguson. Rob was with us last night as well. Do you set your clutch on the downrigger loose? Uh, so it's just holding firm or do you keep it tight? I keep it tight. Just tighten it right up. Uh, I've never even really messed with the clutch. Um, just tighten her up and, and let it go. All right. You want to talk some Humminbird? Yeah, let's go into Humminbird. So, um, Humminbird offers really two different models of fish finder GPSs. We've got the Helix lineup and we've got the Solix lineup. And if you look over here on this StarCraft, we've got a, a, a Solix 12 mounted um, here. We're running the Lake Master map and we've got a split screen going right here. But this is the Solix. This is their flagship um, touchscreen and buttons. Um, you can also control your Canon downrigger. Over here on the side, it gives you the options to control that. And if you look over here, maybe I'll just kind of um, show you the screen. But if you look over here on the screen, you can see you can also have your fish hog data live on the screen. Um, the other model they have is called the Helix. This is probably the most popular hummingbird um fish finder out there they make them in anywhere from 5 to 15 inches and going back to the solux they make a a 10 a 12 and a 15 but the helix you see in the ice fishing world um lots of times on the bass boat guys and the walleye boat guys and then uh, on lake ontario this is probably the unit i sell the most it is not a touchscreen unit it's buttons only um they both kind of do the same thing um you know it's it, they're fish finders they're gps's and um, if you have any questions about which one's right for you or you want some more information on them, give me a holler, shoot me a message on Facebook or an email here at the shop, and, um, and I can go into it. But just the high level, um, the Solux allows you to customize things a lot more uh, than the Helix. Um, if you're a techie guy and you like to get in there and play with settings, um, the Solux is for you. If you want something that is simple to run, um, simple menu operation and gets the job done. The Helix is probably where I, I point most people. So we've got our two different uh, lines from Humbird with the Helix and the Solix. You've also got different types of sonar. A type of sonar we use probably the most, and it's probably the most popular and the oldest sonar that we have out there is, is just your traditional sonar. So a lot of people um, talk about traditional sonar. They also throw the word chirp in there. Here at the marina and for the fishing we do, um, we're not big fans of chirp when we're out there trolling for salmon and trout. Most of these hummingbirds come with chirp transducers now and, and hummingbird really is an inland lake. Um, they've been an inland lake type of uh, unit. So the, a lot of the bass guys and the walleye guys are using these and the, and the transducers they have with them are great transducers. But there's a better, in my opinion, and, for the, and on the lake here, there's better options out there for the type of fishing we do. Um, so I'm kind of going to go through a, what I call a good, better, best solution um, to plug into these hummingbirds, which gives you the best of uh, the best of both worlds. 
Um, we'll start out with a typical transducer that uh, you see a lot of, and it's a, a transom mount transducer. This is an Airmar, and most of these transducers I'm going to show you tonight are Airmar transducers. This is a P66. It is a dual frequency 600 watt transducer. It gives you a low and a high frequency, a 50 kilohertz and a 200 kilohertz. Um, so all the transducers I'm going to show you tonight are probably are, will be dual frequency transducers. The best way to explain the two different kilohertz is the 50 is a wide, really powerful um, cone, where the the 200 is a uh, a narrower cone and, and much weaker. Um, so when we are running out in the morning, we're utilizing the 200 kilohertz. The screen doesn't get washed out. It allows us to allows us to mark bait and fish when we're when we're moving at higher speeds. When we settle in to fish, that's when we switch over to the 50 kilohertz. So this, for people who have aluminum boats or people who are afraid to put a hole in the bottom of their boat, this P66 is, is one we sell a lot of here, especially um, with the aluminum boat line that we sell. Probably the most popular transducer out there that we sell is the B60 from Airmar. Again, a dual frequency transducer. Um, you basically cut a, a hole in the bottom of your boat and you take this nut, you pop the transducer up from the bottom, put the nut on the top, and you basically sandwich this into your boat. This gives you a, a really good picture uh, when you're running around on plane, whereas the uh, the transom mount doesn't do as great when you're on plane. Um, but when it comes to trolling, all three of these are probably going to be pretty equal in giving you um, a good picture when you're at troll. So that's probably our most popular transducer. But the guys with the bigger boats that don't tend to trailer, uh, that's when we come in with these uh, fairing block transducers. So this blue thing in my hand here is a fairing block. We cut this um, to the angle of the dead rise of the boat so that this transducer can shoot straight down. The B60 I showed you has a tilted element in it, so I can have it. Um, that's a 20 degree. So your dead rise can be anywhere from 24 to 16 degrees, and that transducer will work. It's got about a four degree um, variable there. Where this one, you want them pointing straight down. So what we do is we cut this uh, at an angle to match the dead rise of your boat. And what that fairing block does is it gets it away from the hull of the boat where there's a lot of turbulence and air bubbles and it just gives you a cleaner picture when you're running so that's really your the best option and that's the option if somebody does not trailer the boat that we typically push them towards so these are all traditional sonar not chirp transducers chirp transducers are great for guys that are um, fishing uh, ice fishing or or trying to, to get better target separation off the bottom you know the guys that are ba uh, bass fishing and drop shot and um, chirp just gives you a prettier picture and better target separation. But the problem with chirp is you get very small cone angles. So uh, a typical chirp transducer will show you about half of what these transducers I just had in my hand will show you because the cone angle is about half of what you'll get here on the low frequency with these dual frequency transducers. Um, so let's move into the next type of sonar, side and down imaging. The Great Lakes for, for trolling, salmon, trout, and walleye. Um, there's not a huge use for it. Uh, the side imaging, I've started to use a little bit more, and, and especially in the fall when we're uh, fishing offshore, July, August, September, and we're getting into that later season, um, especially, I guess, more so September, uh, when the fleet starts to put their boats away and start concentrating on hunting and we're still out there fishing, we don't have that big network. So the side imaging allows me to look 400 feet on either side of the boat, and I can get offshore and look for piles of bait, which is what those fish are out there feeding on. So side imaging is starting to play a role in how we fish August, September out on Lake Ontario. Um, and now the new craze is going to be your live sonar. So we've got mega live now. Um, 
I don't have any seat time with it yet. It'll be on the boat this year, and I'll have a pretty good idea of how we can use it in our with our fishery soon. Um, but I know there's a bunch of guys out there using similar type of, of units, and they really like it. So, um, so that's what we got from the hummingbird side. Any questions that I can help answer there? Richard, uh, <clears throat> appreciate you coming on. You were right. We didn't give you enough time tonight, um, but but you uh, you definitely gave us a pretty pretty darn good uh, look at what's going on there. Um, but uh, you know what? I think we'll have to have you on on the podcast sometime. I'll just give you as much time as you want to go over this stuff. But I uh, appreciate you coming on tonight and giving us an overview and answering a bunch of questions about uh, uh, about the Canon lineup. But uh, we got to go. So appreciate you coming on tonight. And uh, again, always a pleasure talking to you and, and learning from you. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.